welcome back to the podcast. In case you all didn't notice, I have an announcement to make. The podcast has a new name. And I have been riding my wave about this for probably six months. The name popped into my head. But I just, you know, I had to go through my whole emotional process with it. And I've been feeling into changing the name of my business as well, just because I've had that name for so long. It has been the same name through so many iterations of my work ever since I was a personal trainer. And for now, I'm going to keep that name. It still feels like it has a lot of resonance. And I've had people find me specifically because of that name. And it stands out and it still means a lot to me. However, this podcast just felt like it wanted to be its own thing. And I wanted a name that really conveyed the energy that this podcast brings. And yeah, it just felt like the right time. I actually recorded the episode for today. I recorded it today. And after I finished recording it, I just felt like it's time. This episode was an incredible episode. I haven't done a coaching episode for a minute and it just really showed me what this podcast wants to be. So thanks for being here for the whole ride. (laughs) I know that I have evolved a lot as I started this podcast and it's honestly cringy for me to even look back at the previous episodes, but I feel it's important to keep them up and show people the growth that happens when you start the deconditioning process and just, it it shows my character arc, right? (laughs) So I'm happy to keep them up no matter how much I make myself cringe and it's my history and it's memories and I'm so stoked that this podcast is evolving. I feel like I'm going through a very mutative phase right now. I'm coming up on my seventh year being in the human design experiment, moving through my process And it does feel like there's a big cycle completing. So in September, I will be entering into my seventh year. And even though I by no means have it all figured out, I don't even know what it is that we're meant to figure out. (laughs) It does feel like the closing of a chapter or the completion of a cycle is on the horizon and a lot of internal shifts are happening almost to where I can't even keep track or mentally process them as quickly as they're happening. I also feel like I'm sitting in a vat of goo at times. Um, It sounds so cliche, but, you know, being in that caterpillar goo and waiting to blossom into a butterfly. Oh my gosh, I'm making myself cringe. I feel like because my birthday is coming up June 14th in a couple weeks, I'm, I'm just in that weird subliminal space where I'm waiting for my design date and my actual birth date to complete for the year and to enter into a new solar return cycle. So 
I've kept note of how this time of year feels the last couple of years, and it's always kind of the same in that you feel like you need to be making some big life-changing decisions, but you just can't take action on a lot of things, and creativity is something that has not been coming easy to me lately, where I feel like usually it is. It just feels foggy, to be honest, so... I am embracing having the urge to do any type of creative project in the moment and to do anything that inspires me to keep creating. And me and this podcast have had a weird relationship because I feel like when I first started it, I thought it was going to be one thing and then it evolved and I thought that I needed to go about it the way that everybody seems to go about podcasts where you do one a week and yada yada. And the thing that I know about myself for sure is I am consistently inconsistent and I never know when I'm going to have the response to create. So it's been a real mind game to just stick with this podcast, even though I have no strategy and no consistency with it. So to any of you who have been here since the beginning, I appreciate you still tuning in. Okay, all of that being said, let's jump into this episode. This is a coaching episode with my friend Monique, who has been to a couple of my deconditioning support groups. I also went on her podcast. Go check it out. It's called the Love Spirit Be Human podcast. My best friend Brandy and I got to chat with her and her co-host Amy and it was a lovely experience so if you have the pull to go listen to that go check it out so I was thrilled that Monique was open to coming onto my podcast and receiving some coaching from me specifically using parts work you know when I first learned parts work I wanted to well, the, the parts work that I specifically learned was called voice dialogue. There's different types of parts work. I've learned a few different kinds, and the traditional or the formal training that I did was called voice dialogue. And there is a systematic approach to it and a strategy to it. And I used to hold on to that really tightly because I was afraid that something would go wrong if I didn't follow the formula. And I do think if you are facilitating voice dialogue, you should follow the formula because that's what that work entails. But I've allowed myself to branch out and kind of do it my way as as those of us with individual circuitry tend to do. And I've allowed to let go of that type of control and just see where the session flows. And it was awesome that this session flowed in that way. So this was Monique's first time doing parts work and it, this is an incredibly emotional episode. Um, trigger warning if intense emotions do impact you. Um, there are pauses in it, and I did not edit those out because I wanted you to feel the spaciousness that parts work takes. And I just felt like if I edited them out, then it wouldn't be true to what it really is. So... If you do hear those long pauses, that's just because this work takes time and it needs spaciousness. 
Alrighty, well, let's jump into the episode. Thank you so much to Monique for having the courage to be vulnerable and to sit with me and to explore yourself. And without further ado, here is my coaching episode facilitating parts work for Monique. Parts work is really just a modality to get to know yourself better and get to know different aspects of your consciousness. And the thing that I like about it is it's really non-judgmental and it's motivated by curiosity. So there is no agenda or goal necessarily other than to get to know yourself more or maybe get to know a part of you that you've rejected or even a part of you that you're aware of that you're just curious about and you want to like feel what they're all about, you know? Um, It definitely has been used, I would say, in a therapeutic sense to heal trauma and wounding and that kind of thing. And if that happens, then great. But like I said, it's almost like better to approach it as just coming from a place of curiosity and seeing what happens. So I love that you said that because, um, uh, coming from a place of curiosity about anything is for, has been for me such a great, um, tool to use for me in my life. And just, you know, I had a lot of, like, I was, I've always been, I mean, I have a channel of curiosity, right. But I've always been a curious person and it's gotten me into trouble in my younger years for sure. Um, and, um, I'm finding now like leaning in, I like that you said it like that because getting curious is just the way in my opinion for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it can be, if there's pressure for, like, if you have an agenda and there's pressure, some of our aspects of our consciousness or our parts, whatever we want to call them, don't like pressure. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they might not want to come forward or there could be a part of you that doesn't like the pressure to perform or something. And and that's what I found with my own practice of doing this was if I go into it because I want to heal something and I want to, I want this part of me to stop acting a certain way, then Mm -hmm. number one, that part can feel really unseen and invalidated because it's like, oh, you just want me to come out so that you can heal me and like make me go away. Or it's like, I feel this pressure to show up a certain way and perform. And then, you know, your performer or your pleaser part will come to the surface instead of maybe the more vulnerable ones that you're more curious about. So it's a very interesting practice. I, no two sessions have ever been the same, whether it's me just working with myself or facilitating for somebody else. So that's why I like it because it's always interesting. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so there can be a few portals of entry or jumping off points. The one that I usually recommend we start with, and we can go into multiple parts, like a full parts work session is usually going into two different parts. And then, um, maybe integrating them energetically at the end if they're open to that Um, or just witnessing two perhaps opposite parts and having that dichotomy. And so that's for your own awareness. Or we can start with the protector part, which is usually the part of us that is at the forefront when we're, when we're doing something new or meeting somebody new or in, in an uncomfortable situation of any kind So you kind of have to win over the protector before you can Mm -hmm. really venture into those more vulnerable parts. Because if I were just to be like, okay, let's start with your inner child who's five or whatever, (laughs) the protector would probably be like, F no, I don't know you lady. (laughs) And even if you're not consciously aware of that, like 
it's an energy that you feel from somebody, you know? So, um, and all of our protectors are vastly different, you know, and the way that I like to explain the protector is they're almost like your manager because the protector will utilize other parts of you. So they're kind of the one that's saying who's allowed to come forward and who's not. And so let's say for me, my protector utilizes my people pleaser side. So for me, my pleaser side makes me feel safe. So that's what the protector brings forward, right? But for some other people, it might be, you know, this non-emotional or even like a bully type. Um, and I try to be very neutral in the names that we call the parts. So maybe bully is not the best word, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's like, it really depends on our conditioning and what the conditions that we grew up in that, um, that's what depends on what that part is that you feel the most safe having it at the forefront. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it makes total sense. I never thought about it for myself, which is why I might look confused in the face right now, but that's okay. it, It makes total sense. Um, I, I've never thought of myself as having a manager protector part, but I love, I mean, that's cool to think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. We all have one, you know? And so at times it's like, if you have a, you know how you have different sides of yourself that come out around different people. Sure. So yeah. when you're with your bestie that you feel really comfortable with, you might have your playful side come out because the protector is like, oh, this person is safe, playful, mm-hmm. innocent, that side can come out. But if you're in a business meeting, your protector is going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, you need to bring your professional side forward. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be at the forefront. Because the protector is the the part of you that's aware of everything going on at all times. And so, and even though it kind of has its own personality, that's the way I see it working the most is like utilizing the other parts and being almost like the security guard that deems mm-hmm. who's allowed in and who's allowed out. So yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, we could start by just getting to know your protector, kind of seeing what their agenda is. Um, or if you do have, like, if there's two parts of you that you feel like you're kind of wrestling with or that you're at odds with, um, that you're aware of, um, or even just one part that you're like, oh, I don't like this part of myself, or I'm curious about this part of myself. Um, we can go into that too. So it's all, it all depends on what you want to do. I mean, I, um, I feel like I'm open to both because I feel like both are, are, are relevant and valid for me right now. I feel like, um, I feel like exploring a protector part would be super interesting. Um, cause I really don't know. I've never thought about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that the two parts of myself thing is also quite kind of relevant too. you know, I'm, I feel like I'm very much stepping away from an identity and into another one. Um, and and that's been hard you know that's been definitely challenging like i'm already crying i was like i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry the whole time i got like my <laughs> tissues like nearby <laughs> i'm like she's an emotional she can take it it's mm-hmm. fine um um i joke with amy all the time i'm like us non-emotionals are so funny because we're like so scared to show the emotions and like half of y'all are emotionals you guys can freaking take it it's like nothing I give you is going to be worse than what 
or or like comparable even to what mm-hmm. you you know navigated as a as an emotionally fine people we're like oh my god i'm so scared to show it <laughs> it's just so funny to me when i think about it yeah anyway i i love um, that you guys just go into it though because i know you're afraid to share it a lot of yeah. times but um brandy and i did an experiment where we ran group calls and one of the groups was sacral and one of the groups was emotional and the sacral non-emotionals would be the ones like crying two minutes into the call. And the emotionals would kind of be like, I've already been crying all day. I'm just here to chill now. <laughs> so like we never really got that serious or emotional on the emotional calls. And then the non-emotional calls were like, I need to work through my shit. <laughs> and I was like, I love it's- it. Let's go. <laughs> So interesting. It's so interesting. Um, But yeah, so I do feel that um, two parts of myself and and I've just always been somebody I think that's felt two parts of myself a little bit. Like for me, learning I was a split definition um, that my mind and my throat were like all alone here. And then my spleen and my G and my ego are like all like I very much I have felt moments of that split. Like in my life, looking back, I very much lived in this like mental, um, you know, plane of like doing things and like just, you know, weighing out and all those things and and, and constantly overrode that like um, that feeling, you know, yeah. and um, and so I do identify with that, too, that like two part thing. And I feel like part of me now is like with that transition, stepping away from that, like making choices in that mental way and by like what's good for me and what's, you know, whatever. And now really making choices from this place of like, oh my God, this feels so good. I can't not do this. Like I can't not do this. That's how amazing it is, right? Um, so, and that's how I feel like I was when I was younger, always. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, kind of went away. Um, so yeah, so I don't know where to start, girl, if you tell okay. me. Yeah, so <laughs> because I think that there's validity in, in both there okay. for yeah. topics. What I'm feeling is we start with the protector because a lot of what a lot of times what happens, and again, no agenda, I'm not expecting this to happen, but the protector might inform us of where to go next, in that mm. the protector is the keeper of the keys, you know? So a lot of what times what happens is the protector will say, well, you know, I don't trust this part or yeah. Like like that sometimes is an interview question where I'm like, is there any parts that you don't trust or you don't like or whatever? And then there might be more that comes forward around that. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah. And I have done a split definition parts work. I didn't record it, but I've done it with a client and it was fascinating because they were split, which I'm I'm assuming yours is the same, but your authority was in one split. And then Mm -hmm. it was all the mental definition was in another split. Uh, So I think similar to yours, except this was a sacral person. And Mm -hmm. it was fascinating because their sacral part was this super grounded, calm, like, it, it was like root and sacral energy. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the mental part was extremely intelligent and hyper aware. And so, yeah, it's fascinating to dig into the splits even. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what ends up coming forward. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, 
the parts you get to name or they can name themselves. So even though I do have suggestions, if you can't think of anything, you know, like, oh, inner critic or inner child, those are just kind of the canned responses. But ideally, the parts tell us what they like to be called or they have a name of some sort. Um, So that's always interesting to to see what they like to be called. My cat was interrupting us. (laughs) That's okay um okay cool so um this process can be very somatic or i try to make it very somatic where we do involve the body a lot and check in with sensations um but yeah just to start we'll kind of just get grounded in our body maybe if you want to close your eyes and take a deep breath and just feel the sensations that are arising in your body in this moment Be finding a resource in the body of safety, whether it's the back of the chair or your feet on the ground, and just knowing that you can come back to that safe space in your body if things get chaotic anywhere else. And just kind of taking note how you feel in this space in this moment. And then when you're ready, we'll just be consciously choosing to shift into the part of Monique that is protective, that is aware of everything going on at all times, that wants Monique to be safe no matter what. It's probably been watching out for Monique for a long time. And just taking note of any somatic sensations that come forward as we bring the protector forward. Am I speaking to Monique's protector? Yeah. Some hi. Well, thank you for speaking to us today. Yeah. Um, I feel, I feel very protective. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like pushing you away. Mm, That's okay. Is there a sensation that you need to express or act out? I don't think so. I think I, I just... A minute, maybe, That's to okay. like, like let you in. I guess. Yeah, it feels um, it feels a little um, like I need to like, yeah, protect hardcore mm-hmm. right now. 
that's your role. So that's okay that you want to protect. Okay. Thank you for giving yeah. me that. Yeah. No one's asking any walls to come down. You can keep your walls as high or as thick as you want. And we're just here to maybe have a conversation. Nothing more. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let me know when or if you feel like sharing. Otherwise, we can just wait. Um, I got a little like almost mad mm -hmm. when you first asked. Um, like the, I felt like I got hot almost in my body. Mm -hmm. Um. like just really quickly almost like uh like a dad energy when you asked you know like wait back up hold on yeah. that's kind of how um how I felt and I didn't really expect that either yeah. be surprising that's what I felt Mm. that kind of startle you a little bit um a little like just how how um how like mad and hard I got so quick yeah mm. Um, but it does feel like I've been protecting um, that like soft little, I guess, person inside or that sensitive person for a long time. So it makes sense that I felt so overwhelmingly protective right away. But that was, um, yeah, it was, it was very like a parent feeling, the, the sensation I got. Yeah, it does make sense. It makes a lot of sense because, you know, at whatever age that was, <clears throat> you learned that the world is not so much of a safe space and you need that part of you and that your role as a protector is important. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, I'm I'm not sure what what else. Like, I wanna I wanna sh like share with regard to um. Like, I I feel like I'm just supposed to be here, like with her. So I don't know, like, what else to to say or um, like to 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 like let you in more. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? 
I feel like I'm just kind of standing side by side with her a little bit. That's okay. <clears throat> we we welcome you being here. So we want you a part of this process. And this process is just so Monique can get to know you better. Because she's aware of you. But maybe you two haven't connected. Would it be okay if I ask you some questions just to get to know you? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so do you remember the first time that you became active in Monique's life? I, I don't know if I remember a moment. Um, I kind of feel like I've always been there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe like, like into adolescence years, maybe more, like stepped forward more. Okay. Um, or like right before that. When stuff starts to like get more confusing, I think, yeah. you know, like as a as a preteen or a teenager and stuff, um, maybe that step more. But uh, but yeah, I feel like I've always been there. Yeah, you've at least been there watching, and maybe you yeah. started playing a more active role in her life in the preteen years. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Those are tough years. Yeah. Um, she got really lost her teenage years. Mm. I feel like I had to step in more there. Did you feel like if you didn't step in, then something bad would happen to her? Yeah. Yeah. Because bad things did happen. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, yeah, like I had to. Yeah. It felt like if I did it, more bad things would happen. Mm. So I did. And did you try to like let Monique do her own thing for a while? And then as soon as you saw that she needed someone to protect her, you stepped in? Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, I think, uh, excuse me, I think that, yeah, she, I think, I think I would let her do her own thing. And then, um, when like she would start like fucking up or whatever, I would have to stop it in some way. Like, you know, whether it was just, you know, getting into too much stuff or like more than she could handle or biting off more than she could chew, you know, that's where I come in and I'm like, 
Okay, now we gotta like get it together. And uh, yeah, and so like to avoid all that, you step in like sooner and sooner so that like shut it down, you know, before it even happens. <laughs> That feels like wrong, though. It feels like I shouldn't step in before it even happens, too. Mm. Like Why does that feel like, wrong? Kind of feels like I'm stunting her when I do that oh. a little bit. Like I'm like stepping on her toes, kind of maybe not letting her get the chance to like, I don't know, just try some things because like it's too scary or something too bad might happen. So. It's like back up before, you know, she even gets close enough. Kind oh. of. It seems like you have let her do that and make mistakes. And then maybe it was there a point in time where you realized that her safety was an issue and she needed somebody to step in and keep her safe. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I can think of. Uh, I can think of. I can think of one time that probably. Um, yeah, maybe that's when I just started taking control of the situation more because it just seemed like she, you know, couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just too much, like, stuff in the world for her to handle, you know? Yeah. So I would handle that part. But I don't know if I always handled it, you know? I think I, like, been trying to handle it for. Yeah. Are there other parts of Monique that sometimes make it difficult for you to handle things or keep her safe? Um, that's a good question. I am... I don't know. I don't know if there. I'm not really sure if there are other ways um I just see her as like a whole, like a whole little, a whole other part of her. Like I'm here and she's, it's just all of her. That like I have to like, 
protect no matter what. Hmm. What do you want the most from Monique? I mean, I think I just want her to be happy. Mm. I just want her to be happy. And, um, yeah, just happy. Like, as who she is, doing her thing and just, yeah, I think that's a, what I want the most for her. Mm. What would your worst fears be for Monique? Um, that she would make bad choices. I like let her be free all the way. Um, or maybe not bad, but not great or unsafe or um, irresponsible. Mm. Um, yeah. Too far out. I don't know. Any of, like, all those things. Too oh, wild. Okay, what, what's Monique's definition of being free, do you think, or being wild? Like, what would that look like? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Um, unconventional. Probably not like anything we've seen in our um, family. Mm. Like anything we've, like, been shown. So... Yeah, just weird. Um, so unconventional, I think, is the word that I want to keep using. Yeah. So does that, being unconventional, does that not feel safe for you? Yeah, a little bit. Um. Again, it just seems like it, I don't like uh, bad things could happen, you know, if you if you go too far off the path or whatever it feels like. Or uh I don't know. You can yeah, just unconventional um choices made in the past by her have shown that they weren't always the best choices. Mm. So that leads me to believe that maybe, you know, that's not safe enough or good enough 
Pluto. Something like that. Are you afraid that others would judge her for living an unconventional lifestyle? Um, I don't, I think that, I think that we used to be more afraid that, um, like our parents would judge us mm. for living a, more than others necessarily. Um, and living up to that standard was really important for us when we were young, especially. And, uh, so... I think that that, but um, I don't, I don't know that we fear it anymore, really. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as scary now that we're older. Okay. But it did, um, it did, okay. for a long time. I think. Do you feel like maybe you're still holding on to some of that fear? Was it maybe just not processed completely? Maybe. Or, yeah. Um, uh, I guess... I guess that I don't know if it's holding on to the fear of it or um but yeah it's holding on to the something of it for sure because it um yeah mm. That's something that you're holding on to. Yeah. Is there a texture to it or does it have a color or does it have a sensation in your body? Yeah, it feels heavy. And where do you feel that? In my chest. And um, it feels... It feels like I don't I don't know why, but like it feels like something that needs to be like forgiven or something mm -hmm. like that. It feels like um not just like let go, but forgiven is the is the word I keep like seeing. Mm -hmm. And uh and it feels heavy on my shoulders and my chest. Would it be okay to put your hands on your chest and touch that that thing that might need to be forgiven? Yeah. And just acknowledge it. And it's okay that it's there. And we're accepting it. Maybe even allowing it to get bigger and take up more space in your body, you be more present. You can just be with that 
sensation for a moment here. We breathe into that part, breathe into that sensation. Maybe it doesn't need to be let go. Maybe it just needs to be accepted. Sounds right. Would you say accepted? I felt my chest soften mm -hmm. after you said that word accepted. Mm -hmm. It it feels lighter to breathe. Good. There. Yeah, you had a that heavy feeling was just trying to get your attention. It's not a bad thing. It just wanted to be known. I think like, um, you know, accepting versus letting go um, sounds better for that. Yeah. For me, for okay. that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a part of you that wants to be a part of your life, a part of your experience and doesn't need to be let go. It just wanted to be seen. Yeah. That's crazy, but yeah.
it never really occurred to me to accept it so much as like, or th I just think I've been trying to let it go for a long time. Yeah. So really interesting how quickly that um, changed the feeling inside my body. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense though, right? Because if we're trying yeah. to push things out or release them when it's a important part of who we are and our process and our reality. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like resistance versus flow, you know? Yeah. And we're not making that wrong for existing. And I think we're so used to trying to make parts yeah. of us wrong, whether it's feelings or sensations, yeah. our truth. Yeah, that's so, um, that feels so true, what you just said. Yeah. Mm. Feels like maybe the protector part isn't so forward in this moment. Yeah. Do you feel like you're more in a neutral space or is there a different part that's forward? No, but I do feel like she's just sat down right before you said that. Oh, I feel like she just backed off. Mm. I felt like it was kind of just me, you know, for a minute. Mm -hmm. Like right before you said that, I felt like she was like taking a seat. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know that a different part is stepping forward. It just feels like uh, it's just me without the protector person right there, yeah. like right next to me, like she was. Um. And, uh, yeah. It's interesting because it's almost like I, I feel a bit more scared when she's there. Wow. The protector. Um, like, it's almost like, uh, or at least at, in this moment, that's how it feels. I feel um, maybe it's just what we just went through, but it just felt like uh, I I want to say it's like when you know when a parent kind of like makes you more worried about something than you need to be kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. That's almost what I feel like. Maybe she could be dealing with like a uh, protecting fear thing, like almost like you're making it worse by yeah. Um, uh, by trying to protect, I guess, is what it felt like. Mm. 
just don't. Just crazy to think about. I think she was picking up on that too, because she had said, sometimes I feel like I. Yeah, that's true. Keep her from having experiences or. And maybe, I don't know, the way that I've often seen my protector at least is it's almost like this security guard that comes around when it feels like it needs to be there or on high alert. So what you were speaking to just now almost felt like if it's there, there has to be something going on that's I'm in danger, even if you might not be, but because the protector is so sensitive to your safety, it's almost like an alarm system that goes off when the dog barks, you know, and you're like, why are you why are you screaming at me there's nothing dangerous it's the dog yeah it's it's almost like a like an intimidating energy is is how it um yeah it does feel a little bit security guard yeah like maybe she tries to keep you in check yeah totally yeah yeah i was it was interesting that she kept using the word unconventional and to describe her fear of you being unconventional. Yeah. How does, how does that make you feel? Um, that is interesting. An interesting word choice because, um, I feel like I've always been a bit unconventional. So, um, uh, how does that make me feel? Misunderstood? <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of misunderstood. Do you have more you want to say about that, about feeling misunderstood? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure um, if I have more I want to say. I feel like uh, it's confusing to me that a part of myself would misunderstand another part of myself. That's confusing to me. Um, But I also feel like I have been, or I I feel like I'm someone that has felt misunderstood a lot of, even even when I was younger, and um, not because of like any bad reason or lack of, or any lack reason, um, but just because I did feel um, I just felt different. I felt different than my parents. I felt different than a lot of my uh, family members. I felt different than a lot of my friends. Um, mm. And and again, not like in a bad way, not in like a, we just don't get you. You're such a weird, like, I mean, I had people and they all kind of get me or got me or whatever, but um, even my parents, like, just... 
I always felt like they wanted to understand me so much, but like I couldn't really fully understand me all the way. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think that that maybe, um, I don't know, maybe that's a theme or something that I'm just, and, and I don't know, maybe it, it's confusing, I guess, to me as to like why or certainly if my own <laughs> protect herself is not fully I don't know is misunderstanding the other part of me mm. I don't know it just makes me wonder um it makes you wonder why yeah I guess yeah there was something interesting that your protector said, or you you said it right as you got into the protector was, um, it felt like dad energy. Yeah. And I wonder, do you feel like this protector takes on any attributes from any authority figures that you had in life? Yeah, probably my dad. Oh, <laughs> um, Yes. For sure. And did you feel misunderstood by your dad? I mean, like, my my initial answer wants to say no, not at all. He's the person that got me the most in the whole world. Um, and then at the same time, probably parts of me felt misunderstood, very misunderstood by my dad. And, and I think... Um, you know, again, around that age is when I think that I, it was uh, parts of me really started to feel misunderstood by my dad. And, um, you know, and then on the other hand, he, he it, you know, was the person that hands down got me the most in the whole world. So um, that's kind of a an interesting juxtaposition, too, because... Yeah, it's like, for sure, he misunderstood me, but also he understood me so much. And yeah. yes, I got that energy right away when you, when we went into talking to the protector part of me. Yeah. It did feel like that. Kind of, uh, dad. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a, a tie there. Well, and your dad could can understand you as much as he can, right? And right. But at the same time, you're still his child. And I, I would imagine there would still be an element of I want to protect my child. And yeah. so maybe sometimes um your protection mattered more than you fully being yourself or being able to be free. Does that make sense? Yeah. And maybe it was just an energy that he gave off and nothing that he said or did per se, but just a way that he showed up in your life. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. There's also, I mean, it definitely makes sense because there's also like this like feeling of like wanting to please that part. Of, of me you know wanting to like 
you know, keep her happy too. And that makes sense because even if your dad loved you and cared for yeah. you, there's still the part of us that like wants their acceptance and wants right. to make them proud usually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have a lot of that, um, you know, that thing that we get with our parents, like we want to make them proud because they did so much for us and I definitely have that journey. I had wonderful parents who did a lot for me. So, um, you know, we're lucky in that sense when we have that. Because I know that there's many people that don't get that. That's a whole other journey, right? But um, mine has definitely been a balance of like that. Uh, there is this like, I want, I want to make them so proud and happy because look what all they've done for me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then balancing that with, you know, making myself proud and happy. Totally. Uh, and they so, have their yeah. own conditioning. Right. So whether they realize it or not, they could be like projecting that conditioning onto you about what their definition of a happy life is. And Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and well intentioned, of mm -hmm. course, right? It's like, totally. um, but yeah, and it, it's 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 crazy to think about. Like, you know, my dad will be gone twelve years this year, and uh, and I do feel like I spent like maybe the last ten or so, like getting over that. Mm. Like, not that you ever get over that sort, you know, everybody, whatever, but. Um, it does feel like it took like a decade to like really, you know, process the fact that he's got like not yeah, here anymore yeah. in the same way. And um, um, now that I, have, you know, now that that much time is by, like now that we're coming up twelve years, it's it's interesting because I find myself. Um, I was going to say developing a different relationship with him, maybe. I'll, go with that but like it's like uh it's almost like when I connect with him now like you know in a existential way or whatever that it doesn't um it feels different it feels like a different uh dynamic or something mm -hmm. and um and that's something that I've noticed that's only happened after this much time has passed since he's actually not been here in the flesh, right? And uh, it's also over the last, you know, couple of years is when I've been really stepping in to who I feel like I'm like really here to be and uh, more, more and more. And so, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to look at from that mm -hmm. perspective because he was such an important, um, you know, figure in my life. Yeah. And I do think that the unconventional maybe comes from that, that word, probably. You know, he was very Spaniard, very traditional. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, I didn't really come out that way, or uh, parts of me did, right? But so... Yeah. 
Yes, maybe there was a part of you that, or maybe your protector felt like it was just safer to be more traditional and yeah, because then you would have his acceptance and yeah, or even make him proud or whatever. And even if it's, that's not true, you know, maybe his conditioning told him that being traditional was the way to go and he never really got to fully be himself. Yeah. We don't really know fully, but we can make an educated guess that most people, especially around, I would guess his age and his generation didn't get the same chances that, perhaps our generation has gotten to be more curious about ourselves in this way. I think that's so accurate. Um, After he passed, we found some stuff he had written and like, it was interesting to read because I was like, whoa, I never really knew that you thought like that or thought about things like, you know, and it's like, I think that, I think you're right. I think he probably would have um, been probably a little bit more unconventional, quote unquote, if he was born like what I was or, you know. Yeah. And and maybe that part just wasn't so conscious for him, but maybe now that he's passed and like his spirit is still with you, he's proud of you for being yourself and being unconventional. And maybe he didn't (laughs) get the chance to do that. So you do, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've never thought about it like that. And I really love I really love like to think about it like that because that's it sounds really true again uh when you said it like that it's like yeah that's probably um so true yeah that's what it feels like to me yeah like just the energy of it it just feels like feels like there's a presence here with us that is very proud of you and wishes they could have experienced that same freedom when they were in human form. Well, that makes me feel really good. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's so interesting that I've never thought like that he maybe wanted to be more conventional too, or that maybe that was inside of him too. And that yeah. instead all I ever really thought was that um like I or not all I ever really thought, but a lot of it was that maybe I wasn't living up to his level of what uh you know it should look like or whatever. When there is the possibility that like what you just said, maybe the other, like he was looking at it to the, the other way. Like, look at all the possibilities of all the yeah. ways that this could show up that aren't like what, but yeah. That's, that's pretty um, eye-opening stuff for me. Yeah. It's almost like breaking... I feel like our generation is really breaking these like patterns, right? These generational patterns that 
that's something my mom has said to me, like, you're doing what I wanted to do when I was your age. You're living the life I wanted to live. And it makes me so sad sometimes because I'm like, like, it makes me sad and happy at the same time. Right. Cause I'm like, oh, I wish you could have lived the life that I'm living. But at the same time, I'm, I know that I'm showing up in a way that makes her proud for, for the, you know, the reasons we just talked about. And I think I'm lucky to have a mother that's aware of that because so many parents will just project their own conditioning, yeah. um, which is the, the more common thing I would say where, because they have a part of themselves that they've rejected and then their child is expressing that part because the child is almost more, more pure, just not as conditioned or whatever. Um, I think sometimes it brings out part of our parents that it's almost like they want to reject that part of themselves. So they reject that part of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I never really thought about, but yeah, it's so true. You know, I mean, I'm a mom too. So I'm looking at this, I'm hearing this in two ways because um, my child, like, she's even more rare, unconventional or whatever, <laughs> weird, unique, whatever word you want to use um, that I am. I know that. Right. And there are like, and so I'm just, I'm really hearing this like twofold. I'm hearing this like for myself as like a parent and God, like for myself as like, who was a kid of a parent that, uh, may have had these same sentiments or yeah uh, it's it's really crazy I feel like I'm having one of those mind moments where it's like a dream and a dream and a dream, like a <laughs> multiple like I don't know what's happening exactly but there's like my kid here and my dad's here and I'm in the middle and I'm like exploding on both sides in my brain because that's just a lot that's a lot of revelation to have about how we um do that mm -hmm. unintentionally and yeah. I mean maybe intentionally too but god probably more often than not unintentionally oh yeah I think of right. so, like we're unconscious of so much and it's not our fault it's just yeah kind of part of being in this vehicle and yeah. we're all doing our best to be aware and conscious but we all have blind spots and we don't know what we don't know <laughs> till we know. <laughs> till we know, right? Yeah. 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 Um, it's it's so crazy to me because then then you get aware of things and then you have to like now navigate the awareness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, integrate it. It's better to be unaware <laughs> and just stay there or <laughs> Or do we want to really get aware and then never be able to know this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be in that second category, but um, it is quite quite a fucking trip, isn't it? Like, to, like, have to, um, you know, I mean, I'm going to have to sit with this all day now, probably <laughs> all week. <laughs> I mean, ignorance is bliss, right? <laughs> it's going to keep re-exploding into my brain in different moments, I'm sure, when my child and I are doing something or when I think about my dad. Who knows? Who knows how this might reframe some of the thoughts that may 
come up and um and how grateful I am for that because um yeah I mean like what you just said it's just that's all we really get to do is is play with the awareness of what you know or how much we want to get to know ourselves or what I mean I don't know if not that I don't know what else we're doing here really it highlights the complexity of being human and how every single one of us no matter how anybody behaves is incredibly complex and um sometimes it's just the the protector part or the conditioning is a certain way and then you never get to see everything that's underneath that um yeah i think that's why i'm so fascinated by humans <laughs> we're, yeah we're all so complex no kidding and um you know you said like uh at, at some point you said that a protector part of us could show up like you know you said yours was kind of more like a people pleaser mm-hmm. um and you said some could be like bullies or like mm-hmm. it was the word you use maybe not the best word but um i did feel very like that it felt mm-hmm. like a more like not you know more like a bully more or like, like a, um maybe like, like a, a guard. boxer like you said yeah yeah like somebody who's like re- almost like more ready to reactive maybe versus passive because it feels like my protector part is very passive like i go into fawn that's my fawn response where some people have more of a fight response so that's a that's a much better phrasing than bully um no but yeah yeah you you just uh and that did surprise me is my is kind of what i'm I, i don't know i uh i um I, I thought like uh I guess it was a little bit pleasy too, but it felt very like tough. Like mm-hmm. it felt very tough. Like I was ready to like bite somebody if they came up on me type of energy. And it's like, whoa, like that's not that doesn't feel like me when I'm just rolling through my day. Yeah. But that's a part of me, clearly. I um, I could almost feel another part too that was like communicating the fighter energy to me like almost like you were afraid to fully be that because you were afraid you would offend me or and maybe that's the pleasing energy that you were feeling was like yeah oh shit i'm going into this fight mode i might offend her or maybe this isn't okay to behave this way or whatever oh gosh you're probably right i'm picking up on that too i could totally see that like almost like you needed like a like a buffer guard to my security guard because of what might come out oh my god yeah yeah you were kind of trying to prepare (laughs) me for the way because when when you went into your protector part your your whole body stiffened you were like laying back and relaxed and then it was like like you were a board um wow and then it felt like there was this other part forward like hey be ready for this this might get really intense (laughs) wow wow how crazy that 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 you could like see all those parts Teresa wow you're super gifted with this shit no doubt like I don't I mean really I I I don't know it's crazy because you're talking about me but it feels like you're telling me stuff that I like I should know I mean I do know but like it's I don't know the way that you're allowing me to see it is quite different than I've ever really looked at myself. 
Um, that's wild to think about because that makes sense. Because I, what does that mean? I have two protectors. Yeah. <laughs> like a, I mean, like an assistant to my yeah. other one, maybe. Right. Wow. So think about, again, think about the protector as the manager. Yeah. So the protector might not necessarily have much of a personality, but it's employing parts of you that do. So yeah, yeah. maybe it brought in more of the fighter and the pleaser as the buffer. It could have brought in both of those parts of you. Right. And so that's where how we really get to see how complex we are and how we have all of these different right. aspects of our consciousness that have different roles and preferences and needs and wants. And um, yeah, it's almost like you had like a, like the PR Whoa. part of you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this poor gentle part that wanted Which to just warn sounds me. <laughs> right. It just sounds right. It also sounds like I'm going to need to work with you some more because <laughs> now I want to know more. <laughs> it sounds like we have more parts work in our future is what it sounds like. Cause now I'm like, Oh God, shit. How many parts are there in there? And, a lot. <laughs> I mean, the way that you just described it though, just sounds so me yeah. like it sounds like my inner self would have a part for you to buffer the part like because I, oh god yeah that sounds very accurate <laughs> <laughs> like I and and I do sometimes I feel this with defined ego women in particular because defined ego women have such that intense willpower right and yeah. I feel like because of societal conditioning, you've grown up needing to buffer that a little bit and right. not releasing that full force. But if you were to really release that full force, maybe it might scare somebody or that's what your conditioning says. Uh -huh. um, and so I don't, I don't know if that's the case or yeah. not. That's just an observation that I've had where, um, when I, when I have worked with defined ego women, it's like a pattern of, I have all this power, but I'm afraid to kind of unleash it. And I need a, there needs to be a part to buffer that. Oh my God. And does there need to be a part to buffer that? No, I don't think so. Not, right. <laughs> I Holy think, shit. I think that oh. might be uh yeah, you know, parts work shows us about our conditioning yeah. So, and it's, again, it's not to reject that buffer, but it's just to have that awareness of like, that's interesting that I feel like I need a buffer for my intensity yeah. when it might feel more free just to let you be. And, and I, I think that I, that's what I was feeling like I needed to communicate yeah. to you in that moment was like, it's okay to be on guard. It's okay to want to punch me or whatever energy is coming <laughs> forward. Um, because you almost need to lean into that more to accept yeah. it more, uh, Again, it almost felt like your conditioning was stopping you from like fully embracing that, which again, is totally normal, especially since it like took you off guard. Right. Right. Yeah. That all makes so much sense. Oh, I feel so seen. Wow. Like by myself too, like seen for myself, like right. in a way that I've never seen myself. Wow, that's really powerful. Maybe this is the piece where the whole projectors need the other to see themselves fully. It's not that you can't see yourselves at all. It's just that in relation like this, you're able to see 
yourself in a totally different way. Totally true. Yeah, because it does offer this like um, ability to look at myself in in relation with mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and and that defined ego piece is is super accurate. The way that you said it, um, for me too, it does for sure feel like um, you know it's been unleashed and been shown to be too intense sometimes you know societally or whatever and so we learn to you know curb that or whatever um but yeah intimidating yeah it can be intimidating right it's like uh i have a completely open ego so i can feel that intimidation factor but that's i always like to come back around as that's my work to do with myself if i'm intimidated by a defined ego that's not Mm -hmm. anything to do with them being themselves and fully embracing them and it's okay that there's that fire there and there's that intensity there to you that's you honoring your true nature yeah and maybe there are certain times where you need a buffer you know if you're talking to a police officer or something you might not want to be like fully coming at them but at the same time, your aura speaks before you do. So right. it's almost like you're learning to dampen your frequency because you're afraid of what others, how others might perceive you. Right. Yeah. I mean, even in your policeman um, <laughs> example right now, I can think of times with authority figures that yeah, you know, that ego's probably been unleashed in a way that didn't necessarily serve me. So, you know, you I learned in that moment to like maybe um right, dampen it, like you mm-hmm. said a little bit and and or but yeah. Uh it definitely um it's it's so interesting to look back like at my younger self and 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 now being you know i'm i'm going to be 42 this year um to look at it now when it plays out and how i don't know i mean i'm obviously just scratching the surface of this but it already it feels already like gosh oh bringing awareness to it just seems to matter so much is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think. Um, because when I could even still react the same way, you know, but but just even noticing that I reacted that way mm-hmm. um, does something for like the learning or I don't know, does something. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, truth be told, it's harder to control ourselves in the moment of something where we're activated or you know, it's, it's easier to look at it retrospectively and evaluate it. But the part of the reason I love parts work, many reasons, but it allows us to utilize parts of ourselves consciously too. So instead of letting these parts just unconsciously shift all the time, we can be like, oh, I'm going to bring that buffer in right now because it feels like an appropriate time to bring that in. Not that I don't accept my intensity, but that it feels like appropriate, or I'm going to bring in my professional self right now because I'm going to a job interview and I want to seem professional or whatever. It's like, you can utilize these 
parts of you by from a conscious place. Or if you're walking in a dark alley, you can have your protector up. <laughs> you know, right? It's we're not saying any of these parts are bad or that we need to banish or reject them. We're just coming towards them with awareness. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And and right, because again, then it's like your choice to bring in this part if you want, if you know it's there. Mm-hmm. I love that. I can't believe how much, um, how many doors you opened up in my brain to think about things. <laughs> Hopefully it's not overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, I'm a projector. I like yeah. this stuff. So it's going to give me writing material for days, I feel Good. like. <laughs> Just opens. You can handle no. awareness. It's Projectors are to awareness as like emotion Emotions are two emotional beings. You know? Yeah, it's no, like, it's like I get off on it. Totally. Yeah. It's like, oh, awareness. Yeah, I'll take more. Give me more. Success. Um, yeah. It's like a sick obsession, the awareness yeah. for us. Yeah, it's, it's gross sometimes. But uh, no, but I think this it's is cool. a lot. <laughs> this is a lot of self-awareness. So what a, what a gift for me. Yeah. Um, thank you. Because what a gift for my projector as to have self-awareness. Um, and be like, I mean, like you said, it's, it's a little bit of like of the ability to look at the parts of myself, almost like I can look at other people. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's like, wow, is that helpful? It you know, neutralizes wow, is that it. Helpful? it really neutralizes it. And that's, that's what I've noticed. You know, I was teaching a class a couple months ago in person and some of the people like we were doing, you know, energy work on people in front of people. And you can imagine everybody's protector was forward because although they all kind of knew each other, I was still new to them. And um, I just feel like I was able to easily put myself in everybody's shoes because I knew how my protector would show up in that situation. And also when people would go into like child parts and be acting a certain way, maybe acting immature or um, whatever, and not in a bad sense, just like having that youthful part of them come forward. Um, I recognize that in myself too. And it's like, you just look at it from this much more, you look at people's behavior from a much more neutral lens because you are able to see other people in yourself. And even if the parts aren't exactly the same, you're like, oh, I can think of a time where I was pouting like that. Or, you know, that part of me reacts in those situations like that too. And you start to realize too, as you're talking to people that most of the time, if we don't know somebody very well, we're talking to their protector. And in our closer relationships, we're shifting into child parts quite often without conscious awareness. So like, I'll say to my husband, if we're arguing about something and I can feel myself go into this argumentative, like rebellious kind of teenage part of myself, I will just name it. And I'll say, I'm feeling really stubborn right now. Cause I'm in a, like, a 15 year old part of me that wants to slam this fucking door in your face. <laughs> like, I'll just awesome. throw it out there because it's easier for me to look at that part of myself as this character and I'm not trying to reject it. I'm just saying it's here. Yeah. How how are you going to react to that? <laughs> right. Or it allows me to inform the conversation more. Like, I know you're wanting me to be understanding or, but I can't emotionally 
meet you where you're at right now because I'm 15 right now. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like you can have this conscious awareness and it's it's wild how just a, that little bit of awareness starts to inform you of those parts of you. It's so true. And yeah, and I mean, you said something so cool. You said that when you were working with people, you could see you realize parts of yourself in them or, or something like that. And um, I mean, even in your example, just now, like you naming that in that moment, everybody can relate to that. Everybody has a, a moment where it's like, okay, I'm a 15 year old person right now. I have <laughs> zero, like I can't have a grown up conversation, but like, we don't name that and we don't mm-hmm. accept it. For yeah. Sure. And then people are just butting heads Yeah, and like, think about it. If two people are in their 15 year old rebellious teenager part and you both want to slam doors in yeah. each other's faces, but you're not calling that out. You're not coming at it with awareness. It's, you can't really move forward. Um, you know, my, the person that taught me parts work, he was this older British guy, amazing human. <laughs> and he was, I don't know, must've been in his seventies or something. And he'd be doing parts work for 20 years and he's like an executive coach and he told us this story him and his wife were arguing over it was something to do with moving like a big life change and you imagine during big life transitions we shift into child parts pretty easily because it's scary and it can be vulnerable when you're going through that and they could not come to an agreement and they were arguing and they both realized like i'm in a six-year-old part right now And he walked us through the whole scenario and just, and this was like a recent thing that had happened to him. So even after 20 years of doing parts work, he's still like arguing with his wife in a six-year-old part of him. And he just said how amazing it was that once they both named it, it was like it neutralized and they could actually meet the needs of each other's child selves in those moments. Like, okay, the six-year-old is forward because it's scared and it wants to know that we're going to be safe during this move and it doesn't like change, right? And so that's what's cool too is you realize these parts come forward to have needs met and or maybe there's an unmet need. Maybe when he was six in his, when he was actually six years old, they moved and it felt really scary and nobody met that need for him. And so now as an adult, it's still coming forward. It's like, it's like that part is frozen in time. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. And it's um, like, yeah. Groundbreaking news, like in in a way to, to neutralize some of these things. Like you said, I can see that in, in, um, yeah, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. It's so cool. I mean, I what a cool first experience with parts work. I mean, <laughs> I can't I really can't thank you enough because it's mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's really got me like looking at myself in a in a different way. And um that's so cool. It's just so cool. I'm like kind of flabbergasted by by thinking about like that, that's possible. Like that this is possible for us all to like, kind of look at ourselves in these parts, Mm -hmm. but it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Um, You know, we're all parts of a whole, like, of course we have parts. Of course. Yeah. Like it makes so much sense. Even when we look at a human design chart and I think that's where I see this work being compatible with 
the deconditioning yeah. process because although it is more of a mental type of process, it helps our minds conceptualize our complexity and our uniqueness and our differentiation. And I think that's what's kind of hard when we first learn about human design is we're like, holy shit, this is so much to take in. And then this allows us to explore it in a more organic way in like what's alive for us in the present moment and what what's going on somatically when I'm engaging with these parts. And so it does kind of become a whole, a, a whole yeah. physical integration process as well. And um, yeah, I have yet to find like a therapeutic modality that's as compatible with human design as parts work is through my perspective, at least. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. It just it makes so much sense to think about it like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thank you for being so vulnerable and um, being <laughs> open and wanting to explore and trusting me to witness you in this process and to coach you through it. As like I said, I'm always surprised and humbled and. <laughs> grateful and all of the things anytime I facilitate this work because I just never know what's going to happen I'm grateful too and um like I said I just like I, I can't I really can't thank you enough for the for the way that you've opened up like little parts of myself for me to explore and um like you said with curiosity at the beginning of this and um yeah I just uh like I said I I I've been fascinated with like your parts work and and knowing more about that and how and so when the opportunity presented where you were looking for people to be vulnerable I was like I think this is my shot <laughs> and um as if I had a choice once I'm here with you you or a breaker you <laughs> as if I had a choice no choice <laughs> right right <laughs> popped right in there um but I already knew this I knew this coming in and I was here for it and um I uh I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I was here for it I really am well thank you so much Monique it was it's been a pleasure and I'm excited that we've been getting to know each other more and me too thank you me just, too you're a lovely human and feel grateful to know you as are you me too me too girl honestly and um, truly <laughs> <laughs>